Skywatch, the novel, a look and read book by Derek Farmer. Chapter 6 Bombs in the Country. Polly backed across the scullery with the woman after her. You sent me in totally the wrong direction. Why? That's what I want to know. Polly couldn't think of what to say, but a second voice came to her rescue. And what I want to know is, who are you? And what are you doing in my house? Amy was standing at the kitchen door, looking like fury. Immediately, the woman calmed down. I'm sorry, she said. My name is Vivian Belling, and I've been riding around in circles for the last two hours, thanks to this little madam here, she pointed at Polly. Amy turned a suspicious gaze on her granddaughter. Polly, what have you been up to now? She didn't wait to reply. Instead, she said, You better come in, Miss Belling, and I suppose you could do with a bit of supper as well. For the first time, Vivian Belling smiled. Thanks, I'm absolutely starving, she said. Polly was horrified. Her grandmother was asking a spy in for supper. To Polly's disgust, Amy served Belling with thick buttered toast and tea in her best china cups. She was treating her as an honoured guest, and it got worse. It's much too dark for you to be going cycling in the village now, Amy said. You'll just have to spend the night here. Oh, oh, oh no, I couldn't possibly, Belling replied. But Amy insisted. You can have Polly's bed, she said. Polly can sleep down here. And so Norman and Dennis were packed off upstairs and Polly ended up on a camp bed in the corner of the kitchen. At first, Polly was livid. But then she realised that now she would be able to listen in to every word that Vivian Belling said. Amy and Belling sat in the front of the fire and talked. About the war, about Polly's father going off to join the army, and the way Amy was struggling to keep everything going, about the way Granger was trying to get her off the farm, and about the accidents that were happening. Belling seemed very interested in Amy's story, but finally she steered the conversation round the American base. It can't be far away, she suggested. Now, that I can say for sure, Amy was being careful. I reckon it's best not to know about such things. Belling was surprised. Really? What's that? What you don't know, you can't tell, said Amy. 
After all, careless talk costs lives. But we can trust each other, Belling smiled. Or do you think I might be a spy? You might be, said Amy. But there again, so might I. The two women laughed at the idea, but to Polly it was further proof that Vivian Belling really was a spy. Mary had been trying to sleep, but it was no use. She was too hungry. She got out of bed and switched on the light. She opened the wardrobe door and checked her coat. Some time ago, she had found a shop which had boiled sweets. She bought a quarter and ate one every now and then as a treat. She pulled the bag out. All that was left was sweet papers. If she wanted something to eat, she would have to steal it. Mary slipped out of her bedroom and made her way downstairs. She could hear Granger and Millington arguing in the dining room. They could go on like that for hours. All that she needed was five minutes. Moonlight was streaming in through the kitchen window. Mary's eyes went straight for the table. Her mouth started to water. A loaf of bread, a cold joint of meat, a huge slab of cheese and several jars of pickles had been left out. It was like a banquet. Mary took the carving knife and cut herself a hunk of bread and cheese. She bit into it hungrily. This was going to be a real midnight feast. She was just dipping her hand into the pickle jar when she heard the door to the dining room open and the light in the corridor went on. Millington and Granger were on their way. Mary's eyes flicked round the room, desperately searching for somewhere to hide. In panic, she dived under the kitchen table. The door flew open and Granger stormed in. The argument was still going on. I've told you before, I decide when it's safe, he snapped. It's me that takes all the risks. What do you want? A medal? Millington sneered. All I'm saying is we're not doing enough. This war won't last forever. Which one do you want to be? A winner or a loser? We'll come out on the right side. Granger was looking for his torch. He was dressed to go out again. He started to move towards the door. What's the matter, Philip? Millington scoffed. Losing your nerve? Granger turned on Millington. When I've got rid of that lot from Wells Farm, then we can think about stepping up operations. But Millington wasn't giving up. And how long do you think it'll be before those people at the base realise what's happening? She asked. Granger had had enough. Now's not the time, he said as he left the room. Millington followed him outside. You're late, she complained. They think you're not going to turn up. Granger twisted round to answer her, but as he did, he noticed a light shining from Mary's bedroom. Just a minute, he said. That girl, what's she up to? 
He started back towards the house, but Millington stopped him. Leave this to me, she said. Millington stormed back into the house. Whatever Mary was up to, there was going to be trouble. Millington rushed up the stairs and threw open the door to Mary's bedroom. The light was still on, but Mary seemed to be fast asleep in bed. The noise of the door opening woke her. Still yawning, she looked across at Millington. Is it time to get up? Mary asked sleepily. Your light is on, Millington snapped. I must have fallen asleep reading, Mary yawned. Millington was taken by surprise. She was lost for words. Don't you know it's against the law to waste electricity? She said finally. There is a war on. Millington flicked the light off and slammed the door behind her. In the dark, Mary grinned. She took a huge chunk of cheese from under the bedclothes and bit into it. It had been close, but it had been worth it. Not only had she managed to get some food, but she had fooled Millington as well. It was her first victory in the war between them, and it wasn't going to be the last. When Polly woke, Vivian Belling had left. She's gone about her business, was all Amy would say when Polly asked her where she'd gone. And what is her business? Polly wanted to know. Taking photographs for the government, said Amy, to show what it's like living out here in the country while this wretched war is on. And with that, Amy hurried outside to get on with her work. Photographs for the government, Polly snorted. For Hitler, more like. That's what she's up to. Spying! But Polly, Norman and Dennis had not seen the last of Vivian Belling. The woman was everywhere, and wherever she went, she asked questions and took photographs. In the end, the only person Belling hadn't been seen with was Granger. If only we could catch the two of them together, said Polly. Perhaps Mary's seen them meeting up at the hall, Norman suggested. Polly nodded. We'll go over and find out tomorrow. Polly, Norman and Dennis were sitting in the barn behind some bales of straw. It was a good place for them to talk. Nobody else could hear them there. Suddenly, Dennis looked up from his comic. He was reading a story about a spy catcher, and in the story it listed all the things a spy needed. Dennis read out the list. A pair of binoculars, a camera, a book of secret codes, and something else beginning with a W. Polly looked over her shoulder. A wireless transmitter. That's it, a wireless transmitter, Dennis agreed. What is a wireless transmitter? It sends messages back to Germany, said Norman. Do you think Belling's got one of them? asked Dennis. Don't be stupid, Polly told him. She only had a haversack. Granger might have one, though. Could be hidden in Westbourne Hall. Norman pointed out. But that thought was forgotten as Mike Johnson's jeep turned into the farmyard. Mike had two presents for them, a copy of the photograph that he had taken and a huge block of chocolate.
Chocolate, grinned Norman. I can't wait. Oh, yes, you can, Polly hissed as she grabbed the chocolate. We're dividing this four ways. Next time, we see Mary. It was several days before they got to see Mary. I couldn't get away, she told them when she finally turned up at the greenhouse. Carefully, Polly divided the chocolate into four parts. She gave the biggest share to Mary. She needed it most. For a while, nobody spoke. The chocolate was too good. Then Polly remembered the question they wanted to ask Mary. Had she seen Vivian Belling talking to Granger? Mary thought for a moment. No, she could be meeting him at night, though. At night, said Polly. I've watched him, said Mary. Granger goes out to do something at night. Whatever it is, they don't want anybody to know about it. And that was exactly what Polly, Norman and Dennis wanted to hear. Granger was up to no good. But what was he doing? On the way home, they found Luigi mending the gate to one of the fields. Almost immediately, Granger drove up. What the devil do you think you're up to? he demanded. Not doing nothing, said Polly. Not you, Granger snapped. Him! He was pointing at Luigi. Luigi looked puzzled. I fix the gates for Miss Amy, he shrugged. He's working for us now, said Polly proudly. Granger looked as though he were about to explode. Oh, yes, he snarled. Well, we'll have to see about that, won't we? And with a screech of tyres, the car pulled away. What is it with him? Luigi was bewildered. He sleep bad or something? Norman knew it was more than that. Granger was out to cause even more trouble for Amy. But when they got to Wells Farm, Amy was too bothered about dinner to listen. She sent Norman to collect eggs while Polly and Dennis went to look for mushrooms in the top field. Norman was on his way back when he heard a plane. It was a sound that he knew only too well. He looked up in alarm, searching the sky for the tell-tale outline. What's wrong? asked Amy. She could see a worried look on Norman's face. That plane, said Norman, and that was all Amy needed to hear. The tone of Norman's voice said everything. Oh my good Lord! Amy cried out, Polly and Dennis! Dennis was kneeling down, picking a mushroom. Not that, Polly told him. That's a toadstool. Don't you know the difference? But Dennis wasn't listening. His ears had picked up another sound. The sound of a plane coming their way. Polly heard it as well. She wasn't worried. It's all right, she said. It's one of ours. But Dennis knew better. Don't, don't you know the difference? He asked. That's a German plane. He grabbed hold of Polly and started dragging her across the field. Come on! He shouted. Run! 
Dennis and Polly ran like mad towards the farm, but there was no way they could outrun an aeroplane. Suddenly, it was right above them. The noise was deafening. Then came a second sound. The whine of bombs. Get down! Dennis screamed. He pushed Polly into the ground and threw himself down beside her. The next moment the bombs exploded in a huge cloud of dust and smoke. Then there was silence. Bye.